Last Sunday, I preached from here because I had just come from doing a message with the children on the same topic, just kind of continued to hear, and I had such a good time preaching from here, I thought I would do it again. And after the, uh, after the service, somebody came up to me and said, Matt, I really, really enjoyed your sermon and uh, really felt very spontaneous and and it almost seemed like not even you knew what you were going to say next. <laughs> and that person shall remain nameless, but her initials are Jane Crane. <laughs> I, I got her permission to share that, by the way. And I'm going to receive that as a compliment. So I, I, I thought I would see if lightning can't strike twice on me appearing to not know what I'm going to say next. Although I did know what I was going to say next then, and I, I have a few ideas of what I might say uh, now, the idea of standing up here and, and totally not knowing what I'm going to say, I just don't have enough faith for that. Like, that prospect is completely terrifying <laughs> and anxiety-producing. Um, maybe one day I'll get to that level of faith. I'm not quite there yet. Speaking of anxiety, sabbatical. Some of you know that I'm going to be on sabbatical uh, for an extended period of rest and renewal and reflection the spring and summer from August, I'm sorry, April the 8th until July the 8th. So the, second, the Sunday after Easter, April 7th, will be my last Sunday before I vanish for three months, and I will be completely disconnected from you and from the life of the church and, and all of that for this time of, uh, of renewal and reflection. And I'm incredibly grateful for this uh, gift. I mean, it's really unusual. And that's where the anxiety comes in, right? I'm just really aware of the privilege of this. Not many professions have sabbatical built in as a thing, right? And so I'm just very humbled to happen to be in one of those professions uh, because, by the way, you're still paying me through, <laughs> through this time. So thank you very much for that and for this time uh, and, and for this gift. So I, I have some anxiety about, you know, the privilege of that. But I also know I'm tired. <laughs> I've been doing this for over 20 years now without a sabbatical uh, or without a weekend, honestly. I don't know what it is to have a weekend. Uh, unless I go on vacation, there's no weekend for me. I get a day here and a day there, but not together. So I am uh, looking forward to some extended time away to do my own work of rest and rejuvenation and, and spiritual growth and, uh, and so on. We are, you are, so fortunate to have not just one pastor, but two particularly uh, in this time, uh, season of sabbatical, to support you, to support the life of the church. So, I, and it gives me great comfort, of course, as well, to know that while I'm not here, you guys are going to be so, so well supported by a person, Reverend Rao, who is so capable and so gifted and so amazing in so many ways. What a gift that is as well. So, thank you to Candace. And um, just also on that point, I just want to say, just as a reminder, we don't have an associate pastor at Virginia Highland Church. We don't have an assistant pastor at Virginia Highland Church. We have two pastors, two ordained ministers who serve you in different ways, but 
we're equal in terms of our ordination and the calling that we offer, offer to you. So for part of my sabbatical, for basically the entire month of May, I'm going to be in Japan. Now, why Japan? It's not because I want to feel taller. <laughs> I, I, I teach a kickboxing class, and there's a, a woman in my kickboxing class who's Japanese, and she said, you know, you're really going to stand out over there. You might want to sit down as often as possible, I'm just saying. So it's not, it's not that I, wa <laughs> I want to stand out and feel taller. Like, that is never my aspiration. Um, really, I've wanted to go to Asia most of my life, and in Japan in particular, because of my involvement in martial arts. Uh, from the age of 14, I started martial arts training and became very interested in Asian and Japanese culture and uh, religion and philosophy, the Bushido code, the warrior code, uh, Zen. I, I wanted to be a ninja or a samurai, like those were my career aspirations at 14 years old. That's what I wanted to be when I grew up. And uh, so, but interestingly, while I'm in Japan, I will not be, you know, sharpening my skills in Bushido or samurai, whatever. I'm, I'm actually going to be engaging with UCC ministry that has been going on in Japan for a long, long time. And so I'll be visiting our various partners in the UCCJ, the United Church of Christ, which is our larger movement, the UCCJ, UCC Japan. We're, we're a global phenomenon, at least in Japan, and so uh, that's part of what I'll be doing there and connecting with those partners, and, and I'm uh, super excited about that. There's something really wonderful in both Bushido and Zen, by the way, that I find very exciting and find parallels and overlaps in what we're all about here in this space and in Christianity in general. In Bushido and in Zen, there's something called the don't know mind, the mind of not knowing, or, or more positively, being radically open, right? Not coming to a relationship, a person, a situation, or just the present moment with any preconceived fixed ideas about what is or what should be. That's don't know mind. And in my mind, there's a lot of resonance in what we're about here. I think don't know mind is all about faith. Now, one of the ways that we practice don't know mind sort of as an institution at Virginia Highland Church is that we're a church, maybe you've noticed, we don't have any dogma here, right? We don't have any doctrine. We don't have a faith statement or a creed, Nicene, or apostles, or anything else to which we ask members to sign their name on the bottom of as if we, we know what the right things to believe are, and, and we know you should know this, and, and this is what the faith is if you want to be a part of this community. Like, we are a non dogmatic, non-doctrinal church. Instead of us telling you what is most important about our faith, we, we look forward to you telling us and others what is most important to you about the Christian faith. It's a completely different way of approaching it. And that's not just who we are as Virginia Highland Church. That's a deep value in our wider movement in the UCC. Like, we don't, we don't even ask people here to be, to call themselves Christian. 
People are at very different places around that word, and particularly with the rise of Christian nationalism, a lot of us are just like, eh, I'm not sure I want to go and use that Christian word. That's okay. Jesus, not a Christian. Disciples were not Christians. They never asked, Jesus never asked anyone to be a Christian. Therefore, why should we? What's important, what was important to Jesus, what I want to be important here, is that we attempt to follow Jesus and his way of faith and courage and compassion. That's what he asked people to do, and I think that really is the essence and the most important thing, not to, you know, be converted to somebody else's ideas if we know exactly what this faith is supposed to be about for all people. So we're, we're not a doctrinal church, and that's one way that we practice not knowing, because we know that, not knowing, but we know that anyway, that dogma can be oppressive, right? Dogma can be one of those forces of control and one of those ways that we limit human experience rather than expand it and open it. And that's, those are waters that we do not want to uh, enter into. So not knowing, being radically open, for me, is one definition of, of faith. Because the truth is, we really don't know very much about anything, <laughs> ultimately. There's very few things we can say, yes, we know this for certain. We know certain things about ourselves and our being and our lives and our families and this community, but there's very few things we can know for certain. So I think a little bit of skepticism is really important. I think skepticism is an important part of what it means to be a, uh, a person of faith, a healthy skepticism, by the way. Uh, that's not cynicism. Cynicism, maybe not so healthy, but a little skepticism, some skepticism, I think is a very important part of faith because it leads us to humility. It leads us to being very humble about what we affirm in, in our lives, in our faith, wherever. Humility, by the way, is one-third of our mission statement, <laughs> walking humbly. And a little skepticism can, can help us get there. Now, I would like us to be uh, really advanced in our skepticism, not just satisfied, be satisfied with like green belt skepticism. Let's be black belts when it comes to skepticism so that we are skeptical even of our skepticism, so that we doubt even our doubts. That's how we end up in a place of not knowing, don't know mine, radical openness that I think is so central to the experience of faith. And a level of trust, trust in a power and presence greater, more loving, more intelligence than ourselves. And we all have different ways of experiencing or engaging that. By the way, we also have people here, part of our church, who not only don't identify as Christian, but also identify as agnostic or as atheist, and I think that is such an important part of who we are as a church, because agnostics and atheists, well, I guess atheism can be dogmatic, I guess that's out there, but I think in its most healthy expression is a kind of really radical openness and not knowing, and we all can learn from, from that experience uh, as far as I'm concerned. So, whenever somebody asks you if this has ever happened in your life, somebody comes along and wants to pin you down doctrinally and say, well, do you believe A, B, C, and D about the Christian faith? You, you know, virgin birth, 
resurrection, miracles, all that, where are you at? It is a perfectly legitimate and faithful response to say, I don't know, but I'm open to it. I don't know, but I'm open to it. But, and here's, let me tell you what is most meaningful and enlivening and important for me about the Christian faith, the Christian tradition, the Christian experience, the gospel story, whatever it is for you. That is a beautiful way to respond to something like that and to share your own understanding and experience of faith. Okay, now where is this sermon going relative to the scripture passage we just heard? I don't know. <laughs> I have an idea. As we look at this passage of Jesus engaging in healing people, healing people in body and in mind, it's possible. I want to just submit, and this is a little bit controversial. If, you, if this gets back to my seminary professors, I might ever deny, well, I'm now on the internet, so I guess I can't deny saying it. It's possible that Jesus didn't know what he was doing. Is it possible Jesus didn't know what he was doing? What was the sermon about today, honey? Oh, the pastor said Jesus didn't know what he was doing. No, no, okay, let me explain a little bit. What I mean is, what if Jesus was able to do what looked to us like the impossible or the miraculous because he wasn't bound by ideas of what is possible and impossible? But Jesus had given up that as a place to be, as a place to live, having fixed ideas about what is possible and impossible, and he just had that radical level of trust in the moment and therefore was able to do the impossible or what we would label the impossible, to do the miraculous. Now, does that mean any of us, if we just give up our ideas of possible and impossible, we too can do miracles? I don't know, <laughs> but I'm open to it. And I'd love for all of us to be open to that possibility as well. The good news is we don't need a lot of faith, right? The good news is we don't need to be black belts in faith, maybe in skepticism, but maybe not in faith. The good news is we only need a little faith to be a powerful agent of healing. When when somebody needs healing, I'm aware that it's probably not the best posture or place for me to begin if, if I'm invited to be an agent of healing, for me to come in with very fixed ideas about what's going on. And I'm very, I'm very clear, I, I have the truth of this situation, I know exactly what, you're, I know what you need to do. That might not put me in the best position to be an agent of healing for somebody who's in despair or trouble or hardship or trauma or in a community or in a country or even geopolitically. Now, I would say if there's somebody that needs immediate medical attention kind of healing, like I really want somebody with some pretty clear ideas about how to help and support that person's uh, well-being. But in every other form of healing, having a little I don't know some skepticism about our own ideas of what the situation is will probably put us in a better position of being a true, authentic, healing presence in that situation. And once again, 
We just need a little faith. Jesus said, if we had even a mustard seed of faith, that's really tiny, that's a very small amount of space. If we just have that much faith, if we just breathe that much space into a damaging situation, we can move mountains, he said, a mountain of despair, a mountain of grief, a mountain of harm, a mountain of trauma. Just a little bit of not knowing, a little bit of radical openness, a little bit of skepticism, a little bit of faith can change the world. Amen? Amen.